It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Two is buried. Oh, Sauce Gardner. Here he goes! Goodbye and hello Enzo! And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for the Jets-Broncos pregame report. So for that, we bring in our friend who's the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, there is a lot of news to talk about before we get into all the prop bets and the lines and all that. We'll start with the biggest news of all, which is that Russell Wilson is not going to be playing in this game. There was some question the last couple of days. He had a hamstring injury. He said he was doing everything he could to play. But yesterday afternoon, it was announced that Wilson will not be playing later today against the Jets in Denver. There are people that have said that this might be a blessing in disguise for the Broncos. I know that Wilson hasn't played well this year, but Brett Rippon is playing in his place. And let's not delude ourselves. Brett Rippon is not going to be better for the Broncos than Russell Wilson, no matter how badly Wilson has played. That said, this is an interesting storyline because, as we know, the Jets did lose a game to a Brett Rippon quarterback Broncos team back in 2020. So this is an opportunity for the Jets to earn a little redemption and put Brett Rippon back in his place. But that is the biggest news as we stand heading into this game, Chris. There will be no Russell Wilson for the Broncos. Yeah, and as we speak, I am uh, having my lawyer draw up uh, false advertising uh, uh, documents against Russell Wilson for his nano bubbles water stuff that he always <laughs> is talking about. You know, it, it, I I had him, the lawyer dig it up a while ago when he was doing the thing about how it cured concussions, and then I kind of got just distracted. I'm bringing it back now because he was talking about how it can. Cure all this other stuff. Clearly, that that doesn't work. Um, but I'm with you. I saw people doing the whole. Oh, I'm I'm more scared of Brett Whippin than Russell Wilson. No, you're not. Like this is. I, if you want to sell me on this point of hey, things are just got some positive momentum going on. Now they're going to play a Brett Rippon team. So now people are going to have some faith in them. And that means that you're expecting them to collapse and not. Li- okay. I can understand your reasoning there, but you'd still rather be playing against Brett Rippon than Russell Wilson. Like, come on, this, this, let's stop here. Um, one thing I'll say about the Brett Rippon thing is, this, this might make the uh, numbers on a lot of these props come down so low that they'll actually get over when I was ready to just come on here and just say go under everything offense and, like, 
just takeovers on defense only. So maybe Brett Rippon will bring them down slow, low that some overs will hit. But yeah, you'd rather, you'd definitely rather go against Brett Rippon, man. I don't care. He's still Russell Wilson. He hasn't been great, uh, but he's still Russell Wilson, man. It's that simple. Key inactive for the Jets, though, as we now know, Elijah Moore is not going to play. We went through this whole story the other day, Luke Grant and I, but the short version of it is that Elijah Moore has been frustrated for a couple of weeks. It boiled over in the locker room after the Packers game, after he wasn't targeted at all during that game. Then he had an outburst at practice. They sent him home. At first, they said that he was given the day off as a personal day. Then it was said he was spending it with family. He had a family matter. And then the truth came out, which is that Elijah Moore was upset. And eventually he leaked to Ian Rappaport that he had requested a trade. Of course, the Jets are not going to trade Elijah Moore. We all knew that. And so they're going to have to try and smooth this over. Both sides need to make this work. Chris, everybody piled on Rich Semini after he was skeptical of the original story. And as I said on the show the other day, Rich Semini, for however you feel about him, has been covering the Jets for decades. And he smelled a rat and he knew something wasn't right. And then he confirmed with sources. But people were so upset with him for telling them something they didn't want to hear, which was wild to me. You actually texted me when the news about Elijah Moore taking a personal day came out. And you said, I don't know about this one. Seems like there's more to the story here. I feel like Elijah Moore is going through something. And then, of course, clearly that came out. And you also are somebody who is well known for being able to cut through the BS because of the dozen years that you've spent covering this team. Very bad look for Elijah Moore, but I think the Jets did the right thing here. You had to send a message. You had to make sure that Elijah Moore paid a stiff penalty for what happened. This team has to keep the locker room chemistry going, and it has to be shown to everybody that the adults are in charge. So Elijah Moore will not dress for this game in his place. Denzel Mims, and this is an interesting story because Denzel Mims is somebody who had requested a trade in the offseason as well, but Mims requested a trade after more or less being told that there wasn't much of a place for him on this team. Yes, they were going to keep him on the roster, but they weren't going to do anything with him. He hasn't even dressed this season. He sat quiet. He bided his time. And even though he put in that trade request, I think everybody understood why he did it. Everybody wished him well, and they said, Look, if he's not going to get an opportunity here, hopefully he'll go somewhere else. Wish it would have worked out here. Well, now he gets the opportunity. I don't know how many targets he's going to get or how many snaps he's going to play because Jeff Smith and Braxton Berrios are probably going to get into the game. But it is an opportunity for him. So we'll see if he makes the most of it. Two other players who are not going to play along with Elijah Moore. A healthy scratch for Jeremy Ruckert. Not great, but we all knew that this was going to be a bit of a redshirt year for him because they have C.J. Ozama and Tyler Conklin. They want Jeremy Ruckert to learn the offense, and eventually he's going to have a spot here on the team, but another healthy and active for him. And Jermaine Johnson, who we know is still suffering from an injury, so he will miss this game against the Broncos as well. So, Chris, everything going on with Elijah Moore. Denzel Mims works himself back into the lineup. No Jermaine Johnson. And no Jeremy Rucker. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, so first I'm just going to do a quick thing on Elijah Moore. And it's not about defending Rich. Rich doesn't need it uh, um, or whatever. It's, it's just trying to explain to you how sometimes this can go. Like when Rich is tweeting that, when he's first tweeting it, he knows there's more to this. And he just doesn't have all the details nailed down yet. So he can't come out and report it yet. 
but he knows there's something more here. Um, you talked about it. I, I had just ran, you guys know, I, I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter these days, but I was, uh, I was sick. I was under the weather. I was bored. I looked at Twitter and I'm, uh, sitting there and I see Elijah Moore's tweets and some of them he had deleted, uh, sit there. And I'm just like, yo, he's, he's going through it now. And, you know, I knew about the one after the game and you could see that they came out and they said personal day. And I, I immediately, I was like, nah, this, no, he's not tweeting that at home with family tweeting this stuff. That's, that's not it. There's like, that's not it. And I hadn't begun looking into it. I just happened to scroll on Twitter and knew in my soul that this wasn't right. I promise you, Samini had already started looking into it. Uh, he had been looking into it a day or two. He was on this. He probably was on it since Elijah tweeted it right after the game. He's probably been keeping up on it. Um, one part of being a reporter is sometimes you put out feelers on stories and it's it keeps going. Like So he's going to keep coming back and checking in and he's going to keep checking the temperature on things. And, you know, it's like uh, – Sometimes if your parents are ever, when you're little, they're saying, I don't ask questions I don't already know the answer to type of thing. Sometimes reporters will beat around the bush like that. They already know what they're talking about. They just don't have the details yet to report the story. And then fans get mad that they're cryptic. And I understand that part of it. But you just don't have the details to do it. And he knows there's something there. And he's trying to milk it and figure it out and grab it there. Um, and you're just doing yourself a waste of time and a disservice to get yourselves all caught up in arms and get all upset about it and then attacking Richard. He's been doing this a long time. He knows what he's doing. Uh, you want to go after Rich about the snark and about his negative stuff, go for it. But something, if he smells something out like this, he's, he's not trying to blow up your team, I promise. He's not like, oh, the Jets got a couple wins in a row. Let's mess this up. No, I promise he's got good instincts for this. And that goes for other reporters too and in certain situations. But that that's how, you know, the sausage gets made in that. Um, he, he knew there was more to it. The fans didn't want to believe it. But th- that's the other funny part. So they were full attacking Rich. Nobody, of course, goes to apologize to Rich. But then they now everyone's completely against Elijah Moore. They went from defending Elijah Moore's honor and attacking Samini to now everyone's burying Elijah Moore, calling him a loser and this and that. And now all of a sudden, these same fans who just a couple weeks ago were crushing Denzel Mims and calling him a bum are now the biggest Denzel Mims fans in the world. So that that's how this goes. And I know most of the people listening aren't, this doesn't apply to you guys, but that's you guys also are on Twitter enough, at least the ones that are on Twitter, that, you know, that's how a large segment of all fan bases, not just Jets fan base, all fan bases act. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's an exercise in futility when you go along that. As for what actually happened, it's a terrible look. And I'm not – listen, this one thing that a lot of people aren't going to take into consideration is the pressure that he can be feeling and – it's not an excuse for him to behave this way, but this isn't a normal situation, man, because he needs stats on that second contract to get that second contract he wants. And so 
Like, I get the immediate reaction to be like, you're winning, don't rock the boat. But I also totally understand his frustration. It's the wrong way to go about it. Absolutely. No bones about it. Can't even argue that. Um, and, you know, it doesn't jive with everything we've heard about his character. But you guys, man, you can't use situations like this to judge a person and just call him a loser or just paint him as a bad sport. There's... You never know what's going on in people's heads. And sometimes people panic. They Whatever's going on, he could be have other family stuff that's compounding it. Whatever it is, obviously it's not a good look. They can't have that type of situation festering. Um, I think it's a good idea to give him the time off, let him go. And I'm expecting fully Mike LaFleur to run like a whole bunch of outside sweeps towards Denzel Mims's side and use him as a blocker downfield. And then let's see if uh, Zach Wilson can hit Mims on one deep ball and see how that unfolds there. But I think Elijah Moore will be fine in the end. They'll work with him. They'll get him in there, rotate him in. The, the thing that's really tricky about why he's so upset is it'd be one thing if they were throwing the ball all over the field and just wasn't going to him I do get that he's looking and he's like, all right, Garrett Wilson seems to already have passed me on the pecking order. You look around, Brees Hall, Sars Gardner, and Garrett Wilson all getting these rookie belts. He, he probably feels some pressure like he's been the forgotten man. Now he's not getting targeted. But they're running. It's so obvious that it's because they, they can't be throwing the ball right now. And part of that is the defenses they're going up against as well. I mean, the Packers secondary, that's, that's the bread and butter. Jair Alexander locked down Garrett Wilson. They had to run the ball. And so it's it's a little odd to get that upset about it, but you just you just got to let him settle down and, for, and regroup. And then the fans will forget about it. Everybody forget about it. Just hope that Denzel Mims turns on a, a good performance and, and uh, you can get a little bit more out of them and build from positive momentum that way. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. As the saying goes, when one door closes, another one opens. So with Elijah Moore sitting, Denzel Mims gets his chance. Let's hope he makes the most of it. Chris, I also wanted to pull the curtain back a little bit because you texted me something really funny. You and I were going back and forth about the comments made by both Brandon Marshall and Braylon Edwards, two former Jets receivers who had very different messages for Elijah Moore. Brandon Marshall was asked about this, and he used it as an opportunity to trash Zach Wilson, basically saying that Zach Wilson didn't support Elijah Moore enough, which is preposterous. If you go and listen to what Wilson said earlier in the week, he was nothing but supportive. But it's kind of unnerving because Brandon Marshall has a relationship with Elijah Moore. So you think about Brandon Marshall telling Elijah Moore these things. Elijah Moore is very close friends with A.J. Brown, who, by the way, tweeted out free Elijah, which is absurd. He ended up deleting the tweet. But you have those voices in his ear. And Chris, like you said, I'm sure they're saying to him, you got to get your stats. You got to get your stats if you want to get paid. You want to get paid like AJ, you got to get your stats. But then you have Braylon Edwards, who we know in the past had contract issues. And he seems to have learned from what happened to him. Because if you recall, he had turned down some contracts and then he ended up signing a one-year deal with the 49ers and never got that monster contract that he was really looking for. He's been very positive about the Jets lately. And what he said was, Elijah Moore and the Jets need to work this out. And his message to Elijah Moore is that the grass is not always greener. In fact, it's usually not greener. And he's a guy that would know because, like I said, he went through that situation and he learned from those mistakes. He's trying to help Elijah Moore 
learn from those mistakes. And I had tweeted out that this was further proof that during their feud in 2016, Sheldon Richardson was the baby face and Brandon Marshall was the heel. And you texted me back. This is a big year for the very big deal because my two takes that I've never abandoned that Sheldon Richardson was the good guy in that feud and that Geno Smith still had starting caliber potential are both coming to fruition this year. So I thought that was hilarious, Chris. Yeah. I'll, we'll start, we'll start with the Brandon and Sheldon stuff because I'm, I'm a big fan of Brandon um, as a, as a, I was a big fan of him as a player, as a receiver uh, and also as a person, just, you know, obviously how public he was about a lot of his, his, uh, the things he went through and the struggles and his, you know, mistakes that he's made and how he's been very public about his growth. And in, and, and his time with the Jets, there was some mistakes and uh, things or things he said, uh, or there's afterwards, there was some others, but he's still able to be a little public and be accountable. Here he really messed up bad because the the Zach, that what he was talking about, Zach Wills, he didn't even watch it. Like that, that was nuts. But um, yeah, he he's very uh, well thought out at times, and then sometimes he just will just jump to like a conclusion or just rush straight past things and just speak. This must have been what happened because like that's what he did obviously with the Zach Wilson thing. He didn't watch the Zach Wilson presser and then come away and say, "Oh, Zach Wilson didn't stick up for him enough." That's just not possible. Um, we've talked about this in the past about how a lot of these. Uh, the players, we talked about this off air, a, a lot of these, you know, players, they retire and then they get media jobs. And because they're so good at identifying things in football that they can just kind of, they'll just like think, I'll just watch this one clip and I got the answer for everything. And it's like, yeah, but no, you still have to watch to know that this guy isn't actually playing. Um, they, they think they can just BS their way through everything. And a lot of it, they can but if they don't notice that one guy hasn't been suiting up at all or getting the playing time because they're literally not watching, everybody's going to notice that mistake, right? That's the type of mistake Brandon made here with the, with the Zach Wilson comment. Um, but he yeah, had that, that whole Sheldon thing. Everybody was anti-Sheldon by that point, especially after his arrest and his couple outbursts. And uh, that's the other funny part of and that's rich about uh, Brandon doing this and attacking Zach here, considering all everything that Brandon did putting behind Ryan Fitzpatrick and his wonderful quote unquote leadership during his time here. Um, that's that whole narrative. Whoa, man, there should be a 30, 30 done. If, if people cared enough about the jets in that season, there should be a 30, 30 done on that whole narrative and how that was all done because woo, boy, was that a uh, wild ride. And then that implode into some ridiculous fashion, but yeah, Sheldon was the right guy there. And I have planted my flag all along that you give Gino a, just a decent, competent starting staff and he can be a decent, competent starting quarterback. And it, it, it took a very long time for, for these, these takes to prove correct, but the very <laughs> big deal has been proven correct. That's why you're the very big deal, because even when people are counting you out, they shouldn't. You're always going to be proven right in the end. That is the ethos of being a very big deal. Exactly. See, you get it. And that's why <laughs> you are on your way to being a big deal, it, 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 you know, very-ish big deal.
<laughs> Let's talk betting lines, Chris. Courtesy of our friends over at prizepicks.com. If you participate in their player projections over on their daily fantasy matchups, you can use the promo code PLAJ to get yourself a great deal that I'm going to talk about in a bit. You pick two to five players, and if they do better or worse than their prizepicks.com player projections, then you can win up to 10 times the amount of money you put in. You don't play against anybody else. It's just up against the prize picks player projection. You can do football. You can do basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever you want. It's all there at prizepicks.com. Just use the promo code PLAJ on your first deposit, and they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll give you 100 bucks. Put in 50 bucks, they'll give you 50 bucks. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code PLAJ. They will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Chris, let's start with the game line and the over-under. The Jets are favorites for the first time this season. The line has steadily been moving all week. And, of course, the Russell Wilson news clinched it. The Jets are minus two. And the over-under in this game is 37. I would be very tempted to take the under, considering the fact that the Broncos have struggled offensively to begin with, even with Russell Wilson. And the Jets are a team that scored more points than you would expect based on the fact that they haven't exactly been slinging the ball all over the place. But also remember, this Denver team has arguably the best passing defense in the league from the pass rush to the cornerbacks, which includes Patrick Sertan, who, if he's not the best cornerback in the league right now, he's certainly in the discussion. So what do you think, Chris? Jets minus two over under 37. Man, all right. So first, I'm gonna, what I'm going to say about the line this isn't what even related just to the Jets. Because earlier in the season when the, you know, the, the Lions got off to, you know, for the Lions, a hot start. And then all of a sudden they were like, I, I forget who they were playing, but they were six and a half point favorites. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I am hammering this, this other team because you will never, ever get me to bet on the Lions giving six and a half points. I know the Jets are on a little bit of a hot streak right now, but a two-point favorite on the road in Denver, that's, that's terrifying. So, uh, I, man, it's hard to, to bet against them, you know, because otherwise it'd be betting bet Brett Ripien. But uh, <laughs> give me the under. <laughs> that's such a low number, too. But I feel, I feel more comfortable taking the under here. These, these two defenses, the if the over is hitting, I'm thinking some defensive touchdowns are being scored. And I talked about it earlier, but these prop bets, I, I'm going to go heavy with the unders and, until we get to, you know, maybe some sacks or defensive touchdown uh, props. Passing props. Brett Rippin over under 1.5 passing touchdowns. Wow, that's a lot of confidence from the bookmakers. Zach Wilson over under 0.5 touchdowns. Passing yards, Brett Rippin over under 193.5. Zach Wilson over under 184.5. Pass attempts, Zach Wilson over under 30.5. Interceptions, Zach Wilson over under 0.5. Longest completion, Zach Wilson over under 31.5. And pass and rushing yards combined, Zach Wilson over under 197.5. When you did the Brett Rippin 1.5, part of me for a second was just think that might just be completions. Like, um, <laughs> but I, one point, yeah, go ahead and give me the under on the one and a half touchdowns for Brett Rippin. Um, yeah, I, I might have to like take out um, a, a whole bunch of money to make that bet tomorrow. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Um, 
that's insane. That like that's just absolutely insane. I know. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. The one thing here is the attempts. Uh, I'll stay away from attempts. I'm not going anywhere. I could see them hitting over on attempts just because they have to. They they have to keep trying. At some point, they're going to have to. Uh, you know that both teams are going to try to run, but they're not going to be able to run that much. They're gonna, they're gonna have to try. Um, one thing, if, if another, I, I'm not telling you to bet the over on attempts. I'm just saying don't bet the under because they might sneak over. Uh, if you want to go for an over here, because I, everyone, I understand betting unders is boring. Go for a, an over on the you know longest completion. Maybe maybe Brees Hall or Michael Carter or Braxton Berrios, uh, you know, takes a, a screen. Uh, maybe something like that happens. So uh, go ahead, go ahead with that. But everything else, I'm I'm going under. Stay away from the attempts part. But and yeah, I I go with my biggest biggest confidence on under one and a half for Rippy, and he, he can get one. I'm not, I'm not confident. I can't see him getting two. Rushing props. Rushing attempts, Brees Hall over under 15.5, Michael Carter over under 6.5. Longest rush, Brees Hall over under 16.5, Michael Carter over under 9.5. Rushing yards, Brees Hall over under 70.5, Michael Carter over under 25.5, Zach Wilson over under 9.5. Oh, I like the over under Zach Wilson there. Uh, you know, it's that... Uh, that's not as quite as much as I like that Rippy and under, but I like the Zach Wilson uh, over on the rushing yards there. I like the Michael Carter over on the rushing yards too. Um, they could see all the attempts going over there too, uh, but I, I don't like putting the bet down there because it, that's you, it's too much is going to be up and play how the game goes. That, that will they be able to keep running? They're going to want to keep running. Will they have any success? Will they have to just continue to go? Is it going to be three and out? It's too many questions there. But uh, I, Michael Carter can absolutely hit that over. That's, that is an absolute. And uh, I, Zach, Zach could get that. But I like the Michael Carter there out of that group the most. Receiving props. Longest reception. Brees Hall over under 10.5. Corey Davis over under 17.5. Cortland Sutton over under 22.5. Garrett Wilson over under 17.5. Jerry Judy over under 20.5. Tyler Conklin over under 11.5. Then there's receiving yards. Brees Hall over under 17.5. I like that one. Corey Davis over under 30.5. Cortland Sutton over under 54.5. Garrett Wilson over under 38.5. Greg Dulcich over under 23.5, Jerry Judy over under 46.5, Michael Carter over under 10.5, Tyler Conklin over under 16.5, and receptions, Brees Hall over under 2.5, Corey Davis over under 2.5, Cortland Sutton over under 4.5, Garrett Wilson over under 3.5, Jerry Judy over under 3.5, Michael Carter over under 1.5, and Tyler Conklin over under 1.5. So uh, yeah, I like I like the the Brees Hall ones. I like the Michael Carter ones uh, as well. Um, the both the completions and the yardage. And again, I'm gonna keep saying it uh, until I have a, a reason not to. And I'm, I'm gonna like the Car Corey Davis ones too. Um, I 
I think they're, they'll, you know, the heat, obviously, again, everything we said about the secondary and uh, Broncos defense uh, holds true. But I think enough, they hit them enough times where the defense will give Corey Davis the shorter passes. It'll probably end up still being short of the stick, so they won't actually get the first down, but they'll be able to uh, get enough of them that they hit both those overs for Corey Davis. I like that. Um, yeah, I, I like that a lot. And, yeah, I'm staying away from any type of Broncos there. If, if I'm going for anything, I'm going unders with Brett Ripien against this defense. Defense and special teams props. Sacks, Carl Lawson and Quentin Williams, both over under .75. I like that one. The Broncos' offensive line has struggled. Brett Rippon is starting a quarterback. There's a lot of potential for Carl Lawson and Quentin Williams to do some damage there. Field goals made. Brandon McManus over under 1.5. Greg the Leg Zerline over under 1.5. Kicking points. Brandon McManus over under 6.5. Greg the Leg Zerline over under 5.5. And extra points made. Brandon McManus over under 1.5. Greg the Leg Zerline over under 1.5. Bring them out. Give me all the sacks once. Give me me those. Yes, yes, I'll take them all. Um, Quinnen, Carl Lawson, yes. Those those are the ones. As soon as I'm thinking – I looked at the schedule. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're playing the Broncos. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm taking all these defensive props (laughs) when we do that. (laughs) That's exactly what I thought. Listen, you read – I liked a few more offensive ones, but I I feel good about those defensive ones. yeah, the man, sure, sure on uh, the overs on the kickers, but why? Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> stick, stick to the the ones that I talked about, and and the, the sacks. Go with the sacks, especially you're gonna have so many opportunities at those sacks in the games. They're gonna try to run the ball, but they're not gonna be able to. Most defenses know it, and then they're gonna get sacked. There's gonna be 37 sacks in this game, and now you know I, I way overshot that. But hey, what the hell. Touchdown props, Brees Hall, plus 135. Love Brees Hall, don't really love those odds. Melvin Gordon, plus 175. Cortland Sutton, plus 200. Michael Carter, plus 235. There's your value right there as far as I'm concerned. Corey Davis, plus 245. Jerry Judy, plus 290. Garrett Wilson, plus 300. Latavius Murray, plus 310. Tyler Conklin, plus 360. Greg Dulcich, plus 400. Brexton Berrios, plus 500. That's not a bad bet with Elijah Moore out. KJ Hamler, plus 550. Denzel Mims, wow. Usually he's been like plus 1,400, although to be fair, it's because he's been inactive. He's plus 550 in this game. CJ Ozama, plus 650. Zach Wilson, plus 650. Mike Boone, plus 650. Jets defense and special teams, plus 700. Broncos defense and special teams, plus 750. Brett Rippon, plus 900. Jeff Smith, plus 1,000. Kendall Hinton, plus 1,000. Tyree Cleveland, plus 1,400. Eric Seubert, plus 1,500. Andrew Beck, plus 1,700. Eric Tomlinson, Jets legend, plus 1,700. Albert O, plus 1,800. Montrell Washington, plus 1,800. Ty Johnson, plus 2,200. Jeremy Ruckert, plus 2,200. Jalen Virgil, plus 3,500. Yeah, if if you want to get in on it, I go with a Zach Wilson or the defensive touchdowns. But uh, you didn't read this here. I don't know if it's there or if you can find it uh, before kickoff. 
but I think I might be mo- most bet- tempted to actually bet no touchdowns in this game. <laughs> like, it's, it's a little bit of a joke, but I'm 98% serious. I, I don't have faith in this being a fun football game, but if you want to bet on an offensive touchdown, go ahead, roll on Zach Wilson to do it there. Uh, I'd be more inclined to think one of the defenses would do it. But also, again, I would not be surprised at all if there's just, if there's just like a couple of field goals in this game. Before we run, let's turn it over to our friend Walter Cherapinski over at WalterFootball.com to give us his picks from around the league for Week 7. Walter, the floor is yours, my friend. Thanks, Scott. Let's begin with the Jets once again. Uh, I would actually like Denver uh, backing Brett Rippon, which sounds scary, but uh, Denver's defense, I think, would keep this game close. Uh, I feel like it would be like a 13-10 Jets victory. So I think the Jets would win, but I think Denver would cover a spread. So moving on to games I'm betting uh, this week, I like the Lions plus seven against the Cowboys. I I know Dak Prescott's coming back. Uh, Everyone is going to be on uh, Dallas uh, with Prescott returning. Uh, but I think Prescott's returning a couple weeks early. So Russell Wilson actually returned early as well from a broken thumb last year. He returned uh, five weeks after the broken thumb when he should have returned after eight. And he struggled for three weeks. Uh, Prescott's returning after six weeks. So I, I think he's going to struggle as well. Uh, Detroit scores a lot. I, I think they're going to be able to block uh, pretty well. They have an elite offensive line. Uh, so I, I think they're going to block well enough to score, even if it's in the back door uh, at the end of the game. Um, I mean, they covered uh, a big spread against the Eagles. They only lost by three. And the Eagles, as we know, are better than Dallas. So uh, I like the plus seven a lot. Uh, also, like Jacksonville minus three over the Giants. Uh, everyone's looking at the spread and wondering, why are the two and four Jaguars three-point favorites of so the five and the one Giants? Uh, the Jaguars statistically are better than the Giants. Uh, if you look at uh, advanced metrics, uh, the Giants have had some fluky wins. Uh, they, they beat Tennessee uh, in week one. They could easily could have lost the game. They were outplayed by Carolina week two uh they're clearly the worst team on the field against dallas in week three um and you know they beat the packers in week five in london uh which looked great until the jets uh beat the packers um much easier than the giants did uh last week so uh, i think the giants are a bit of a fraud to 5-1 uh meanwhile jacksonville uh has has had some bad luck uh they were up 14-3 last week against colt so uh, i think they're underrated and i think they get this win and surprise a lot of people Speaking of the Colts, I like them at plus two and a half against the Titans. Uh, Tennessee net yardage this year is the worst in the NFL. They've been outgained every single week this year. Uh, they've they've been very lucky in some of their wins. Uh, so they, they got the Raiders when they were very banged up. Uh, they were two yards away from losing to Washington. Uh, they beat the Colts uh, earlier in the year, but they lost a turnover battle three to nothing. They were outgained by 140 yards. Uh, I think the Colts get them this time. Uh, Tennessee's going to be missing two of the best offensive linemen with Taylor Lewan and Nate Davis out. So I, I like the Colts here. Uh, also like the Bengals at minus six and a half. Uh, this was six earlier in the week and the sharp action has moved this uh, line to six and a half. Uh, so Atlanta's five and zero oh against the spread or six and zero oh against the spread now, um, which actually bodes poorly for them because teams on uh, spread um, uh, winning streaks of six or more are like uh, 30 and 35 against the spread. Um, so Atlanta's due for some regression. Uh, they've gotten some, they've gotten lucky in some of their covers. Like they were down 28 to 
to three against the Rams, uh, and the Rams fell asleep. Uh, they were down. They were down twenty-one nothing against the Buccaneers in Week Five. Uh, Tampa took its foot off the gas. Uh, Cincinnati matches up so well against Atlanta. Uh, Cincinnati's Achilles' heel is their pass blocking, and Atlanta has the worst pressure rate in the NFL. So I think the Bengals win pretty easily. Uh, finally, like the Browns plus six and a half against the Ravens. Uh, Baltimore is pretty banged up. Uh, Mark Andrews may not play. Rashad Bateman may not play. Marcus Peters may not play. Uh, Baltimore plays on Thursday against Tampa. So I think they're going to be looking ahead to that game. And Cleveland was just embarrassed uh, against the Patriots. I think they bounced back. Uh, the, the Ravens defense is not that good. And I think the, the Browns should be able to run on them. Uh, and if they're down, I think uh, Jacoby Brissett uh, should be able to get the backdoor cover against the pass defense. That's not that good. So those are the WalterFootball.com week seven picks against the spread. Back to you, Scott. Thanks, Walter. And thank you for listening. Make sure you check out everything Chris is doing over at JetsInsider.com. Follow him on Twitter at CNimbly and at JetsInsider. Check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the PlayLikeAJet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some fantastic All-22 breakdowns, including an outstanding breakdown of Quinn and Williams' performance against the Green Bay Packers, the performance that earned him Defensive Player of the Week. Watch our videos. Subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash play like a jet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt. The Zach Says Go Long shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt. The Play Like a Jet logo shirt. Caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com